0: Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast.
1: edition of the 8-bit suplex here on the social suplex podcast network Uh, joining me as always is miss sandy gavaria sandy how are you
2: i'm good Jack. how are you
1: i'm doing good i'm you know keeping busy this week lots of impact wrestling this week which is always always a good thing Uh, well maybe maybe not always but this week i think it was a pretty good thing sandy Um, i think so too You know, I think there were some good matches. We're setting up pretty nicely here for Bound for Glory. Uh, But you know what? Because of that, uh, if you tune in here for the video game portion of our podcast, I will tell you up front this one is going to be because of the uh, Victory Road uh, show. We are going to be focused 100% this episode on Impact Wrestling. Um, We'll make it up to you, video game uh, listeners, uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after whenever we can find the time to squeeze in a 100% video game episode to fit in, maybe we'll do a bigger topic that we've been avoiding, Sandy. Um, Pokemon. (laughs) Well, maybe. If we want to jump right into Pokemon, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But that's that's your maybe, I don't know, tease uh, for, you know, stick around. Stick around this podcast. We'll we'll knock your socks off with something, Uh, whether it be a full episode of Impact, a full episode of video games, or, you know, a mixture of both like we normally do. Uh, But, anywho, uh, I say, uh, Sandy, without further ado, I think we just jump right in here because we got uh, a pretty big show, a longer show than I expected in Victory Road, um, and then a a pretty good, you know, standard-size episode of Impact, uh, but a lot to get to here.
2: We have absolutely a lot to get to, but hey. Overall thoughts of Victory Road before we get started and dissect this awesome pay-per-view, the one right before, Boundful Glory. I think we're setting up lots of really good storylines. What do you think, Josh?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought the matches, uh, most of them were pretty good. Um, and then, like you said, we're, we're setting up a lot of stuff for this month, um, and we're coming out of Victory Road looking pretty good. First Impact uh, episode afterwards is pretty good. Uh, what were your overall thoughts here, Sandy?
2: I was really impressed by this pay-per-view. It was very easy to watch. It came out about, what, three hours, you would say? Just under.
1: Yeah, just under three hours. Just a little
2: under, yeah. It was really fun to get through. Like you said, most of the matches were fantastic. I really love the stories that they're telling here. And I can't wait to break it down with you, Josh. Let's get started.
1: All right, well, let's, let's do that. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm not normally one that that watches uh, impact uh, as it comes out because I don't watch any any wrestling really the, the, as it's airing because uh, that's just you know the life of a dad uh, you know so I actually though had the opportunity to watch Victory Road from the start, but and I thought this was on my end, the video for the first match was awful. There was all kinds of buffering issues. The audio stayed constant, but the video oh. was chopping along, um, which was a real shame because I wanted to watch Triple XL and the Rascals, which was our opening match here on Victory Road. Um, it and I, you know, I was kind of like, well, whatever. So I wound up actually saying to myself, eh, you know, they're going to come back and they're going to fix this later. So after it's done airing, I'll come back and watch it later tonight. So I actually turned it off in the middle of the first match to come back later. Um, but then when I came back later, it was still choppy. So I watched the first match choppy. But from what I saw of it, uh, it looked uh, like it was a pretty fun match.
2: Oh, that's a bummer to hear about your connection issues. Hopefully, you know, when, if we get the opportunity to watch Bound for Glory, we won't have those issues. But um, I watched it after the fact. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it on Saturday, saying stupid work. But I watched it after the fact no buffering issues it was a perfect uh replay on the fight tv app uh which is always a great I, I love the way that fight tv app works but we yeah. started out like you mentioned with the rascals rascals uh Dez and Wentz versus triple XL AC Romero and big Larry D so like you mentioned it was it was a really fun fun match um went on the, uh, at the start, went on the offensive to uh, AC Romero and he did a whole lot <laughs> to barely even move him from the center of the ring. It was like <laughs> he was fighting a big boulder of just some big mass that just would not move. Um, so that, that was pretty funny. Um, you know, we have the, that dynamic of the the big guys versus the little guys. I I liked the match. I wanted to know what did this? Did we know this match is going to happen from the previous Impact episodes? I'm having a hard time remembering, or was it just kind no?
1: Of- so they only had six the matches. Moment, they only had six matches teased uh, ahead of Victory Road, and I think we wound up with nine total. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we wound up with nine total, so we only knew about six of them ahead of time. Uh, this was not one of the six, so I was surprised when they when the music kicked in. Uh, I believe uh, oh, Triple X, yeah, Triple X L came to the ring first. And I will say that I did talk to a friend of the show and you know a former guest host Dan Coffin, and he watched uh, after the fact. And uh, also Impact had put out a thing saying, uh, "Sorry about the video, it's now up, no mm-hmm. problems." So I should go back and watch this match now with no problems. Um, but I kind of feel like I don't have to because we saw this match again <laughs> on this week's Impact. Which we'll talk about the the, we'll talk about the run back later, Um, but we do uh, you know we get a win here by the rascals uh, defeating Triple XL.
2: But Josh, I really actually think you should go back and watch this match. There were a couple of spots that really just had me completely floored um larry d actually does a falcon's arrow to Dez, and it was absolutely killer of course he's so much lighter and he was just able to pick him up and spin him around like it was nothing um me and logan were watching we're like nobody kicks out of the falcon's arrow but of course he kicked out this is <laughs> so in the beginning right. of the of the batch um dude there was a spot where larry d was just kicking dez in the back of the head and then he made him actually spike bump from those skinks. And as he did a spike bump, he grabbed his legs and turned him around for what I remember it being a power bomb. It was amazing. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. But um, if you do get a chance, I would recommend going back and watch that. I've never seen that before. And then <laughs> we we see those kicks at the end from to the head of of Larry D from. From Dez. And like I mentioned, every single time we talk about the Rascals in this in this podcast, the kid is a star. I can honestly, I will put money that as soon as he finish up, finishes up his Impact uh, Wrestling contract, WWE, if they're not already, they will be reaching out to Dez. This kid is a star.
1: Yeah, no, he definitely I I feel that way about two-thirds of the Rascals. And it's not for a lack of ability, but I don't think Wentz has... Carved out as much character as the other two, I think he's obviously a, a very talented worker, and he's definitely, uh, definitely a huge part of the Rascals and in, in their makeup. Um, but you know, I'd like to see a little bit more personality out of him, a little bit more character work. Uh, but yeah, Dez is does is definitely. I mean, Trey Miguel obviously is, is 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 the most individual ready, and that's why we see him in in so many solo matches these days. Uh, but those guys are are definitely a lot of fun to watch. Uh, great to see them get onto the victory road card here uh, and victorious over triple XL uh, the next match up. I agree. Uh, you know, we get uh, a little bit of an uh, old school uh, match up here with my good friend, Tommy dreamer. Um, <laughs> you know, he didn't send me a message about this one ahead of time. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what to expect. Tommy, you got to get at me brother. Out of the loop. You got to keep me informed. <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually, I actually enjoyed this match. Uh, It comes in just under 11 minutes. Brian Myers does get the victory over Tommy Dreamer. Uh, I don't know that there's too many spots to really talk about or call out. Um, But, you know, it it was an old school, old fashioned. Now, not old school rules. Uh, It was a regular rules match. But it was an old fashioned Mm -hmm. regular rules match. Uh, A lot of, you know, grinding, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, selling by both guys here. I, I thought, you know, it felt a little bit emotional, too.
2: It was definitely old school. We had lots of good old chain wrestling uh, to start the match, and it went on for a while, actually. Very different from what we used to see from Tommy Dreamer, of course, his whole hardcore, no DQ, chairs, kendo sticks, uh, his whole shtick, right? Right. This wasn't it. This was Brian Myers, good old, the professional wrestler, and just tearing down his his mentor, Tommy Dreamer. And like you mentioned, Brian does uh, go over on Dreamer, it wasn't. It was a clean finish. It was kind of strange, though. It was he just he beat him with a very strong lariat to Dreamer. So it wasn't anything. Yeah. He didn't. It, I mean, it was a strong finish just because he didn't have to cheat or anything. He won over clean. But no, none of his finishing moves. It was just a very strong lariat, and that put Dreamer down.
1: And I will say, I, I did write a couple things down. I, one of the things that that kind of tickled my fancy, so to speak, was. Uh, right after that first little bit of chain wrestling, uh, Brian Myers kind of taunted Tommy Dreamer with the, you still so got it?" chant. Um, I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. And then I, I thought it was interesting because, uh, Tommy, um, uh, you know, he kind of looked like he was kind of selling an arm injury. I, I, I couldn't tell. It didn't seem like it was a part of the match and Brian Myers didn't work it. So I was kind of like, okay, is, is Tommy kind of banged up Did he actually, because on the arm drag, um, after the chain wrestling, it looked like Tommy was, was kind of doing those the squeezes to get the feel back in his hand. Um, and normally when you see something like that, the other wrestler will go and work it, and it turns into more of an arm match. Um, but he didn't work Tommy's arm really at all. And like you said, it, uh, he didn't use his DDT finisher. He used that lariat, which is kind of an interesting kind of switch there. Um, and then there was the back and forth where um, uh, Tommy Dreamer grabbed the rope on one pin, and then – uh, Brian Myers, the next pin attempt by Tommy after his DDT put his foot up on the rope. So there was the kind of that, that 50, 50 kind of look to it. And I think mm-hmm. that's maybe why they changed up the finisher to say, okay, it took Brian Myers digging in deep to get another move out, another thing to get Tommy down. Um, but no, I thought it was all right. overall a pretty good match.
2: Strong observation. Yeah. Very straightforward wrestling match.
1: Yep, and so we, uh, we go right after that, straight into another episode of what I call the Moose Chronicles, um, <laughs> where Moose, uh, you know, I have it on good authority, is now a personal friend of yours, Sandy, uh, much in the same oh, no, way, maybe even maybe even more so than my friendship with Tommy Dreamer. I don't know. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Some people are saying that. Uh, but, you know, Moose is backstage, and he's, he's asking Scott D'Amore where EC3 is, and uh, he gets a talking to by Scott Demore, and then about how crazy he's acting. And he informs him, uh, "Hey, listen, you got a master Trey Miguel later on in the card." Which I was like, "Okay, we saw this already, but let's see it again."
2: I thought that was hilarious. So Scott Demore actually fantastic on his backstage segment. May I just point that out? He's, oh, he's, can, he's, so he's great. One, oh my god, fantastic! So he, like you mentioned, you know, he has EC3 on his mind. That's all he can think about. And it, I thought this segment was hilarious. And not only because poor Moose, Moose is so freaking like just out of it with this whole EC3 and his title thing. But Scott Damore walks away and just says, yeah, you're, you're, you're Moose, you know, do what, say whatever you need to put yourself over, you know, as he's like, as he's walking away from the camera and we're... We're starting to not hear him as much. He just starts going off about like, yeah, your moves, you, you're, the, you're the best, you're the wrestling god, whatever. Do whatever you say to put yourself over. I thought that was hilarious. I forget exactly what he said, but yeah, that no, me. that was a
1: good exchange.
2: <laughs> and next we have my man, my exhibition champ, <laughs> Rohit Raju. <laughs> He's my champ. Damn it. Uh, so like we met, what well, we talked last time, he's sending out an open challenge. Uh, with, what was it called? The the,
1: the defeat Rohit challenge.
2: Defeat Rohit challenge. That's it. And guess who comes out? None other than chocolate thunder, Willie Mac. Oh, yeah. I was excited for this one.
1: Once Willie's music hit, uh, I was pretty excited <laughs> for it. Um, uh, because you know, both of these guys are, are really just great workers. Um, I knew as soon as that music hit, uh, we were getting a good match, uh, and they they did not disappoint, did they? You know, they
2: did not disappoint, but you know what? I was actually kind of hoping to, to see Roque get out of having to actually wrestle this match. You know, his whole thing now is that he's going to be given out all these opportunities, like, like right. the opportunities that were never handed to him, and I actually want him to just be like, still not give opportunities, but kind of getting away with it, which he is still kind of doing. Um, but I was, I, I was not expecting this match for, to go on as long as it did. It was actually a, this is one of my favorite matches. It was fantastic. We really got to see what Rohi Raju could do. And of course we all know that Willie Matt can go, um, the freaking right from the get go, Willie Mag does a, a Rana, which is a thing yeah. of, of beauty. Um,
1: that was the move course, I wrote down. Yeah, that was, I mean, oh it was God. super clean, you know, from, from the floor. I mean, I mean, that size I shouldn't be doing uh standing hurricane run. I mean, it yes. just shouldn't happen.
2: <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, But my champion also does this beautiful cross face. Uh, mm-hmm. to really mad. He's going all out to keep his title and, um, we have towards the end here. They're, uh, they're trying to get the upper ha- upper hand on one another, and it's it's a nail biter. It's actually pretty close. Once you get to mm-hmm. the end of the match, I actually had no idea who was going over. Um, so they both looked very strong. It was very close, and then of course towards the end we have an exchange where they kind of what, what happened? They were going to the the corner buckle and they 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 hit, they hit each other's head, so they were both kind of knocked loopy.
1: Yeah, so I think you know the Rohit gets thrown into the corner. And Willie does a follow up, but he's too close, and they bump heads. And then uh, I I gotta be honest, I didn't like this finish very much. Um, where Rohit uh, rolls to the outside uh, after bumping heads, and then at about the count of eight realizes that you know he can just take the loss outside because then he keeps his championship. Um, I don't I hate that champions advantage rule. I think it's very dumb because. If you have a heel champion, there's no reason why they should ever lose. They should just leave the ring. Um,
2: every time, right?
1: Every time. Um, but they, listen, that's their rules that they play within their rules, and you know Raheem kind of slime slime balls his way uh, with the uh, championship. So technically speaking, William Mack gets the win uh, by count out, but does not get the championship.
2: I literally wrote down L O L. Bro, he retains the count out.
1: <laughs> but I really
2: loved it because his facial expression too. Like he went to the outside and he's like actually like, oh my god, my head like that that frick hurt. And then, yeah, like you said, it reaches the eight count. He's about to get in, but you can the camera literally catches his face go. Wait a minute, I could just stay down here. And then that's what he does. He just he comes back down. He closes his eyes, and then the ref counts And right. He opens his like one eye, and it's like, am I good? Am I good? Let's go. <laughs> so yeah,
1: it was he definitely. Down, he did that great. It was definitely some cornball shit at the end. You know, he does the whole oh, like, oh, I love
0: it was it. corny.
1: It was corny. <laughs> I know you love Rohit. I love Rohit too. But it was very corny. Um, I did. You know, what are you, you going to do? Uh, and this uh, this match actually goes 11-11, uh, make a wish. Um, but, you know, it was pretty good. Then we get a uh, – I, I will say this, and, and we'll have a couple of these uh, backstage um, scenarios with uh, both in Victory Road and also the week's episode of Impact where Simi, uh, Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock are in backstage interviews. Um, uh, this isn't doing anything for me, Sandy.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. But I can see they're already building up to something here, you know. We have Sammy and Ken backstage and, and the interviewer asked, hey, why did Ken attack Eddie Edwards? Um, right off the bat, we have Sammy. He's the one that's answering for Ken. And, right. and I thought it was hilarious that he has the audacity to say, this has nothing to do with me. This is strictly Ken trying to make sure that he comes back here and he's <laughs> right. known again to be the killer that he is. And it's like, okay, yeah. there's nothing about you. The most why dangerous man in the world. Yeah, so it's clear manipulation on Sammy's side to Ken, uh, you know, manipulating him to attack Eddie because they have a long history. And, you know, it's it's there. We'll see how it goes. Of course, you know, down the road, I'm sure we'll see Sammy and Ken for the fallout, but it'll take some time. Like you mentioned, you know, it does nothing for you. It's really not doing too much for me either. Ken is, uh, he's so old. I feel like he, you know, he still looks old. great but man.
1: Yeah, but he's pretty old. So they did say, um, I believe it was on uh, Twitter, I did see that Ken Shamrock is going to be inducted into Impact's Hall of Fame. Um, and oh. he actually I reached out to Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, on Twitter, asking if he would send a video uh, for the ceremony. And Dwayne said yes. Um, so, you know, it would be interesting to see uh you know kind of what what dwayne does here uh if anything i mean uh seeing anything with uh dwayne the rock Johnson on Impact t v at any point would be uh, something i would consider uh pretty exciting just just to see uh even you know dwayne entertain the idea of anything Bury. outside w w e especially given Ooh. since all of his cousins are still in w w e and you know <laughs> we'll we'll see Ooh. kind of what what happens there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, nothing really interesting with Ken Shamrock yet. Like you said, he he looks very old, uh, very much his age, and and does not um, listen. His uh, his fancy jorts uh, are not doing it for me either. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it 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 doesn't look good. Um, but speaking of looking good, uh, the next match is the rubber match between Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace. Um, Right off the bat uh, I wrote down that the Jordan speed and power is just insane, right? Um, but before I get into that, I mean what what are your thoughts here on this match overall, Sandy? I
2: thought it was fantastic. So, I do want to I do want to mention this. The whole thing with Caleb with a K, you know, uh Tenille Dashwood's personal photographer and assistant or you know whatever, he comes out with his douchey little Starbucks cup and then you know he has his cell phone in the ring. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah. it was hilarious. I wanna I wanna point this out that you know he's over here taking photos of of Tenille as she is putting the beat down on Jordan Grace and the camera, the 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 actual camera that's recording the pay per view gets an angle of uh, the photos that he's been taking and the videos that he's been recording on a crappy cracked old old android device and i thought yep. that was hilarious i don't know why but that made me laugh so hard <laughs>
1: it almost looked like a galaxy s4 like that old right like it, it, it looks so old. very old and <laughs> I, it looks cracked i thought it was very funny it kind of adds to the <laughs> aesthetic uh caleb with a K as a whole is kind of wearing thin on me um Uh-oh. but i know it's not going anywhere so you know we'll see what happens but yeah you know i think Uh, You know, at one point, Tenille's, you know, got Jordan in a headlock and she's posing for the Graham, as they say. Uh, And she gives Jordan uh, what I wrote down as the uh, noogie of death, um, which I I thought was just absolutely ridiculous Um, in in the best way possible. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, everything Jordan Grace does uh, looks like it just hurts really bad Um, when she does her corner splashes, her, you know, her double knees, her, you know, I mean, everything... Everything to the corner she does is insane. All of her slams look like they're just, just so, so much, so much power between them. Um,
2: That's exactly what I wrote. I'm like everything Jordan Grace does is just so absolutely believable. From her offense to her defense, from her selling to her registering, this she's a freaking star.
1: She is, and, and I think too, unfortunately, when you see her wrestle with some of these other women like with, like a Tynel Dashwood. The, the art of wrestling is all about, in a lot of ways, not all about, but in a lot of ways is about the suspension of, of disbelief, right? And when you see someone like Jordan Grace just pummel the shit out of Tenille and then Tenille somehow is able to fight on through it, um, it kind of it takes it, takes it away sometimes. I, I feel like Jordan just looks that much stronger and that much faster than most of the women in that locker room. And so, you know, I'm kind of glad that this was the last, you know, this was the rubber match to get past this, right, be done with it. Um, so we can see what, you know, Jordan does next. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. But I don't know, I, I'm happy it's done. I was surprised that Tennille picks up the win here uh, after yet another distraction by Caleb with a K. Um, so, you know, um, it was a pretty good match. Comes in at 12 minutes, 17 seconds, according to Cage Match. Um, which is one of your longer matches of the evening, um, but you know I thought it was pretty good.
2: I thought it was great too. Um, Taneo did absolutely great heel work, and we, you know we're, we're 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 praising Jordan Grace because how could we not? She's just so great. But Taneo, she was just being the most despicable heel, like you mentioned, looking yeah. at videos and pictures of her beating Grace. She did her job right, and of course the story here makes sense that Jordan is much more powerful. Um, to Neil, but maybe not, not more skilled at wrestling than to Neil, because we do know that Neil has had you know her WWE experience and we can't take that away from her. So when it comes to no, her sure. getting the upper hand on Jordan, to me, it's a very believable story just because of her experience, her tenure and her background, which everyone knows from her past, um, past work. So to me, it didn't really take it too much out of me. And then, of course, with the, with the save from Caleb when he pulled Tanil from that, from that bomb, uh, top rope splash from that Jordan was going to get to Tanil, you know, it makes sense. You know, she also has that backup to save her. And, but I, I was surprised that she did pick up the win, even if it was, in her heel methods or not, I was I was really surprised. I really was expecting Jordan Grace to go over here, but it was a great match. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, and and it makes sense now uh, after watching Tuesday's episode why Jordan didn't win. Um, it, it we have some other things that we'll get to that were you know that are set up uh, from Tuesday night. Um, but you know, Jordan had the run with the Knockouts Championship uh, earlier in the year. She had her little feud with Diana. Diana came out on top. So it doesn't make sense to run Jordan right back up since we got some other things lined up. Um, So you know, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, it it did its job. And of course, in hindsight, you can always question booking decisions in the in the time that they happen. But the real judgment of them is in hindsight. And I get it now, you know, looking back on uh, even just after one episode. So I have a question for you before we start talking about this next match, Sandy. Have you ever seen? an unsanctioned match that had rules.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think I have.
1: Because we get an unsanctioned match here between uh, the Reno scum, which of course is the team of Adam Thornstow and Luster, the legend. And of course, uh, Rhino with the uh, man who is not hired to impact yet, Heath, mm-hmm. And for some reason, this unsanctioned tag team match had followed regular rules. And I could not figure that out for the life of me. <laughs> you know what? I was
2: thinking, so I, I thought about that. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe that means unsanctioned. I've like, all right, you know, whoever wins or loses, they're not going to move up in the tag team division. They're not going to right go on to get opportunities down the road. It's just like, hey, this is off the records, off the books. A pro wrestling match but yeah i thought it was funny too i was like wait a minute but it's is like a regular tag match
1: <laughs> right exactly but you know uh i will say this um reno scum i think they get they don't get talked about as much because their gimmick is kind of weird right it's kind of out there it's kind of punk rock it's kind of not it's kind of you know whatever it is right um I, they're both i think they're both pretty good workers I think Adam Thornstow did that standing moon salt that was incredible. Um, or was it a standing shooting star press? I think it was a standing shooting star. So, but, I mean, just beautiful, right? I mean, I saw GIFs of it all over Twitter the next day, uh, and rightfully so. So, um, but, you know, we knew kind of going into this one where it was headed. We knew who was doing the, the yob. Uh, and, of course, uh, that would be, uh, you know, Heath, Rhino, Heath and Rhino uh, going over Reno's scum here. Uh, with Heath getting his finisher in, um, it was an okay match for me. What did you think?
2: Oh my gosh, I absolutely love this match. It was it had explosive action from start to finish. Everything looked absolutely deadly, like they were going in on everything. But everything was also executed perfectly, and they looked like they were having just so much fun with the with the back and forth. And it was. Man, I thought it was a fantastic match. I was watching it, just like rubbing my head, like blown away by everything that was going on. Not not so don't know too much about Reno Scum, except for when I started doing this podcast with you and watching Impact. But like yeah. you mentioned, you know they're solid workers. Maybe their look. I'm not. No, actually, you know what? I'm surprised that their gimmick isn't really captivating the audience because you know you have. You know, typically, you have like the whole like punk rock thing. Really, is is an easy thing to to use to get over. You know we have someone like, like Ruby Riot, we have, you know, you know, Alistair, I guess, Alistair, someone like Alistair Black isn't using that per se, but... Yeah, he's more kind of that goth vibe, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of, I'm surprised, you know, usually, it, I don't know what it is, but they, they deserve a lot more credit. This match, I think, is one of the, the best matches that I've seen for them so far, but of course we haven't yeah. seen much, but this was a lot of fun, and, you know, right after... <laughs> I, I did note on here, I'm like, poor Heath. He was red as a tomato. Uh, <laughs>
1: he was blown <laughs> he up was at the so end. So bad. He, he was blown right? up. Oh he, my God. he definitely uh, he protected <laughs> Rhino a little bit. You know, Rhino, I don't think, had more than maybe three minutes of action in the match. Um, which is obviously, I mean, after we've we've talked before that after the the beat down that Rhino has sustained over his life, uh, you know, we can't expect long matches out of him. This match goes uh, ten minutes, thirty six seconds um and like i said i think heath probably was involved in 8 minutes of it so I, I mean awesome. heath,
2: he his the entire heat rhino came back for a hot tag which lasted like 30 seconds and then yeah. he tagged back in for his uh to pick up the win but <laughs> poor dude he was red as a tomato
1: yeah Holy he gave cow. it his all though he gave it his all <laughs> you know you got to oh, respect yeah. heath for that that is for sure um <laughs> and then of course we Every see the poor- backstage afterwards Scott Demore approaches Heath and says, hey, man, you know, that was pretty good. I I like what I see here. You know, why don't you come back Tuesday? Use the front door. Don't have your buddies, you know, open the back door. Don't try to sneak around. Uh, You know, come on. We'll have a a talk about uh, getting something on paper. So it looks like, uh, Sandy, at this point, hashtag Heath for impact has paid off. The hope continues. The hope continues. Um, but you know what? Right after that, we go right into the next match. Why don't you take us uh, through a little start uh, breakdown of this one?
2: We have Moose, my new best friend, uh, versus <laughs> Trey Miguel. So, okay. I noted on here, Trey's entrance. Oh, my God. Everyone from the Rascals, they, are, they just have the absolute best ring presence. And I, they need to start paying me for saying all these praises because, man, I am just obsessed. Um,
1: <laughs> Why would they <laughs> like pay you? You, you know, do it for free. <laughs>
2: I, I should stop and then just be like, hey, pay me now because I, enough is enough. <laughs> no, just kidding. Those, as long as they continue to impress me, I will sing their praises. Um, but of course, M- Moose, he comes out. He is not in the mood. He, you know, Like we saw earlier, he didn't want to have this match at all. He, he has too much on his mind. He's not in the mood. Easy 3 is still out there playing mind games. And, oh, man, this was devastating. This whole match was just a brutal beating from Moose to Trey. Trey grabs him and says, where the hell is my title? Where Easy EC3? Trey obviously doesn't know. Um, but... You know, this tells a story that Madison and Josh reminds us as well, that Moose is just not focused on this match at all tonight. He is pissed. He is frustrated. He just wants to kill Trey Miguel to make EC3 feel bad, but this is all his fault. You know, that's it. It was just a beating on poor Trey. Yeah, Trey Um, took a lot
1: of uh, a beating here. Oh,
2: my God.
1: Moose at one point – and this is, you know, you can attribute a lot of these things that we're catching on on, on the microphones uh, to there being no fans. Moose, at one point, yells uh, to EC3, uh, he yells at, at Trey Miguel, where's EC3? And then he says uh, "says to EC3, uh, his family's going to have to start a GoFundMe. And then he just brutalizes Trey Miguel more. And, and I just thought that was a great line. Uh, a very, uh, very good line for 2020, as we do see, unfortunately, a lot of people have to resort to GoFundMe. Um, for medical expenses, uh, but I thought it was a pretty good line. Um, and then, uh, you know, the turn of the turn of the match here um, happens when the uh, EC3 logo comes up on the uh, the tron.
2: That, of course, that to me, I mean, I guess in the, in the storyline it makes sense. I just think it's so silly whenever you know, oh, lights flicker or like music hits and then they're immediately right. distracted and all all hell breaks loose. But yeah, poor Moose um was distraught and severely distracted by the Jumbotron as we see EC three symbol, his little three, his number three thing. <laughs> and it actually allows Trey to get the win on Move, which again I was I was surprised. I just thought he was it was good it, it was just gonna be a demolishing of Trey. But he does pick up the win. But it does I feel like it didn't even matter because moves didn't even give a shit at all. Nah. He doesn't seem to care whatsoever. He immediately hits the back. He says, hey, I know we're easy three. He's in the production truck. And that's where he heads, to."
1: Yeah, like you said, I mean, he doesn't sell the loss at all. He could not give less of a shit. No. Um, and like <laughs> you said, it was kind of odd because it, it started off as something that was going to be an absolute beatdown. And it kind of dragged on a little mm-hmm. long. It goes over eight minutes. Um, and you see, uh, you know, of course, he guns into the production truck. EC3 apparently uh, has made everyone leave the production truck. Um, And then the door locks on Moose. And then he plays a a sound that, you know, basically, uh, you know, like an earth shattering sound to Moose's ears, um, which causes Moose to run outside. He sees the TNA World Heavyweight Championship on the ground, goes to pick it up, and then is jumped by EC3. And um, so that, I mean, that was that. It was kind of an interesting uh, thing, I, I you know. It's always one of those really weird things with professional wrestling that you have storylines that have to be pushed by so much stuff outside of the ring. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm i ready for this match to happen. Um, it is probably oh – uh, it's, it's going to happen at Bound for Glory. Um, they're going to hold off on it, obviously, until then. And I think they announced on Twitter um, that it would happen at an undisclosed location. Um, so it sounds like we're going to uh, – have some cinematic wrestling of some sort hopefully it's just a wrestling match that they've pre-taped in some other warehouse um but i don't feel like we might not get that unfortunately
2: i <laughs> know who knows i'm intrigued but yeah it's, it's been a it's been a long game for the storyline here and i just hope it it really pays off in the end um i'm just excited to see if we get back in there
1: yeah, me too, and, and that's why too. Like I, I, I'm so hopeful that it is, you know, a a situation where it's not a like, uh, you know, boneyard match type thing, right? I, I don't want it to be something like that. I want it to actually have some wrestling. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Impact Impact here? has been good to us so far, Sandy. I'm gonna trust them.
2: I think so too. I think it'll they'll kill it.
1: So this next match is a preview of the tag team championship match that we'll see at bound for glory, uh, which is a four way match. So we have a representative from each of those teams, uh, in a four way singles match here, uh, with, uh, Ace Austin, Carl Anderson, Alex Shelley, and Josh Alexander, uh, participating with their teammates on the outside. Uh, you know, I thought this was a pretty damn fun match. Uh, Lots of lots of really good action, uh, tons of good spots. Carl Anderson still has one of the best spine busters I've ever seen. Um, I I mean I really liked it quite a bit.
2: Holy shit, Josh! I mean, I feel like I could spend an entire hour breaking down this match. I wrote so much for it, and it got to the point where I couldn't even take any more notes just because there's so much action happening and. Man, we all know these guys can go. And, of course, they did. It was such a fun match. This match also had the advantage because they each had a a tag member on the outside. They were able to bring that energy by by cheering them on, by talking shit, by by giving that that energy that we keep saying impact is missing by not having anyone in the audience whatsoever. So this one had the advantage when it came to, to that, and of course, it had the advantage of having these amazing wrestlers give it their all for this match. This match, to me, was all Alex Shelley.
0: Yeah,
2: Alex Shelley was. If, if we're counting down the, the top star for this match, holy shit, he faced off against everyone. He, I mean, he's a pro. He's he's going to be a, a legend in wrestling. He already is that legend to me and to a lot of people. He executed everything perfectly. The one person that I didn't really get to see too much of, I feel, uh, was Josh Alexander, which surprisingly enough, he actually does pick up the win by pinning Mm -hmm. Alex Shelley. Um, I thought he was the least impressive in the match. We didn't get to see too much offense from him. It was all the other guys, especially Alex Shelley. So this was kind of um, interesting to me that he would pick up the win. But, man, like you said, it was absolutely beautiful.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and it's a four-way match, too, that, that doesn't overstay its welcome, right? A lot of times when you see these multi-man matches, these, you know, triple threats or uh, all the way up to six-pack challenge, um, you know, you start to see, it, well, everyone has to get their stuff in, right? So it just creates this longer, longer, longer. And, of course, you know, there's the, the the tag team partner on the outside. So the tag team partner on the outside, now each one of them has to do something too, right? Um, and this one actually okay. kind of had the benefit where they had the one ref bump where the ref, uh, you know, is out of it. And then all the tag team partners kind of descend on everything. And so that kind of wipes that all out at one point, you know, at one fell swoop. um, So we don't have to get them all individually doing things, Uh, you know, under 15 minutes for a four way match um, with a lot of action, nonstop. It it never, there was no rest holds. There was no, I mean, this thing just kept cooking. Um, And like you said, I mean, great match. Josh Alexander didn't get his offense in. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this tag match looks uh, at bound for glory. Um, But uh, I, this might have been my my match of the night. I'll be perfectly honest with you.
2: I agree. This is a nearly flawless match. Everything was just executed perfectly. Holy shit. I want to, just for shits and giggles, just for fun, I want to go back and watch this match and just completely be fascinated again over yeah. Alex Shelley. <laughs> and I did notice on here, too, I, I know. just like you said, Freaking Carl Anderson Spine Buster is so oh, beautiful. Of it's course beautiful. I know that noted that on here. As well. Yeah, you
1: know what? I'm gonna go ahead and throw up my uh, hashtag Chef's Kiss of the Night to uh, Carl okay. Anderson's Spine Buster because uh, you know if yeah. you wanna learn if you wanna learn how to do a spine buster kids, uh, watch Carl Anderson videos. Uh, right along with your Arne Anderson videos, you'll find out how real quick.
2: For real.
1: All right, so we come to our semi-main event of Victory Road, the Knockouts Championship match between the defending Diana Perrazzo, the Virtuosa, I should say, Diana Perazzo, accompanied to the ring by, of course, her lackey Kimber Lee, and then uh, she's challenged here by Susie, who is accompanied to the ring by Kylie Wright. Um, this one went slow at the beginning, picks up quite a bit at the end. And uh, overall, I think we get a pretty good match out of here.
2: I agree. So I really wasn't expecting. Not, re- I wouldn't say that I wasn't expecting too much out of it, but just you know, we have the whole story with with Susie, and right off the right off the bat, you know, Diana kind of makes that story clear. She goes in there, she's looking at Susie. Susie's just saying hi, hi, and then she's Diana's just saying, "Is this a joke?" Like. What is this? Why? This isn't even serious. Right. So that's how I thought the match was exactly going to go. I thought it was going to be an easy easy squash for Diana, And then we'll just see kind of the storyline of maybe Susie being pissed and then eventually becoming her Sue young self. Um, but that was not the case at all. This match actually went on. What did you say the time was on this one?
1: Uh, this one is 13 minutes flat.
2: 13. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty good time. So we have... Susie doing great character work here. Like you mentioned, the beginning was very slow. She's so it was like it was like she wasn't even trying to wrestle. She's kind right. of doing like a little poker face, like, hey, um Diana's better. I'm just here, kind of out of I don't know, what's her, she she's a doll, right? She's kind of out of out of it. <laughs> right. But it's, towards the end, she she wakes up and she man. It, towards the end it really picked up a lot. So we had to go through through the very slow beginning diana was just initially working the arm of Susie with a variation of uh, some mean looking arm ringers and arm attacks uh, of course preparing for her setup which is her finisher the fujiwara arm bar um, and what does she call it the, the, the double fujiwara the double one she bar? calls
1: the venus de milo
2: venus de milo so of course i, I love that storytelling you know diana is the expert at working that arm for her finish she we all know she's one of the greatest technical wrestlers, not even just for, for uh, women's wrestling, but in general. Yeah.
1: In general. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, after the match, um, uh, we get an, an incredible, uh, display of post-match beatdown and I'll be honest, I, the whole time, cause they've been selling this, this whole Sue Young emergence. Um, I thought that in the middle of this, this, uh, bloodbath that Deanna puts through, uh, Susie here. I thought we were going to have sue Young awaken. Um, it didn't happen, uh, but what we did see is uh, Kylie tries to save Susie. Um, Kimberly gets her in a headlock, holds her back, and then you know jerks her head up to make her watch as Deanna Perrazzo uh, is extremely brutal with the, the arm bar to Susie. Um, and I'll be honest, I was pretty impressed with uh, with Susie's flexibility there because I. Uh, any normal person's arm probably would have snapped clean uh, out of socket there. Um, it was a pretty pretty gruesome display at the end as far as post-match beatdowns go. A lot of times, you know, they're kind of goofy. They do the stomping a lot in the corner and then, you know, maybe a, a hit with a chair and then that's your post-match beatdown. But to force someone to watch their best friend get their arm broken, uh, man, that was kind of some brutality I wasn't expecting there, Sandy.
2: Brutal and gruesome is an understatement. Holy shit. It was it was rough and you know even throughout the match we see Diana of course retaining and going over by doing the double uh, Fujiwara armbar on Suzy. So right off the bat, you know, she's already freaking hurting and not only that but when Kimberly interferes in the match, she gives Susie a kick to the head on the outside on the apron. That was so brutal. Yeah. I didn't even think it was necessary because Diana, I mean, yeah, towards the end, we were kind of seeing Susie get the upper hand and possibly doing some, pulling off a, a, a miracle and going over. But, you know, Kimberly was there and almost kicked her damn head off. Um, we did get to see a little bit of a glimpse of Susie twitching, maybe morphing back into Sue Young. She did a couple of maneuvers that are synonymous with Su Young. Yeah. That's like, you know, her moveset. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're called, but they're the ones from the, from the buckle. What does she do? Do you know what they're called?
1: I don't know what their exact names are. And, and I apologize for that. But yeah, where she kind of grabs the ropes and then walks up the turnbuckle and goes inverted to, uh, you know, grab the, uh, to do like the head scissor type stuff and, and kind of do some other kind of gruesome uh, looking stuff. I, you know, I'm excited for whenever this, this full Sue Young retransformation transformation happens um, because, I think we're going to get, obviously, a, a Kylie Rae-Sue Young match um, at some point. And I think it's going to be awesome. That's, you know, my prediction. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this match delivered on everything that I felt like it was going to. I felt like we had a pretty good idea who was going to win it going in. Uh, but the post-match is really what pushes this along. Uh, and really makes uh, the Knockouts Championship match between Diana and Kylie – that much more personal Um, and we kind of see Kylie the effects of what happens here to Kylie on on Tuesday's show as well and we'll talk to that when we get there Um, we do need to spend a decent uh, bit of time here on the main event of Victory Road we we kind of get told ahead of time you know because of the post you know the uh, post-show beatdown that Eddie Edwards gets prior to Victory Road well maybe he's not a hundred percent um, I didn't think he sold anything from what Ken Shamrock did to him in this
0: match, <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it was definitely Eddie Edwards 100. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know when they shot these matches. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that Victory Road was live. I I didn't get that vibe. I felt like it was pre-taped. Um, but you know, I don't know when they how their their shooting schedules work and how they're doing things. Um, but Eddie uh, you know, Eddie comes out looks 100. percent um and eric young of course comes out looking uh crazy and right off the bat looked even crazier because i I didn't catch what happened but all of a sudden eric young has a gash on his face and he's bleeding profusely from under the eye uh so you know i don't believe it's any kind of blade job i think he just got caught on something um but you know this thing gets gets going pretty quick here uh, right off the gates uh what are your thoughts here sandy on this one
2: this match was crazy brutal. So I don't know. I don't know if it was just like me like fatigued from watching this pay per view, which, you know, I don't understand why it would be fatigued because it was only like three hours when we're used to, you know, the whole seven hour WrestleMania from WWE. Right. Um but I, I think towards the end I was like, all right, let's 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 do this. And the match to me it felt a little long but it made sense just because they, it was such a grudge type of match it was for the championship we have this storyline between eddie edwards and, and eric young that has been going on for uh, quite a bit since eric young made his uh, debut again back in in impact um like you were mentioning i have no idea how eric young got that cut under his eye but the visual yeah. way, it looked brutal it looked it looks brutal because it like great. it was bleeding directly from his eyeball, which wasn't the case. He had a cut, he had a nick, like, right under it. But yeah. it looked, it looked brutal. Not sure how it happened. Could it have been for the kick? Because, I mean, there was no lockup. Immediately, um, Eddie kicks EY and sends him to the outside and just starts seeing the crap out of him. So somewhere between that and 10 seconds later, when they're battling on the ramp, uh, he's already bleeding. So, which, I mean, the, the blood from the start, being, being that it was a legit injury... Yeah. It added so much to the story, I feel, because this is personal. This isn't just a uh, a match for the for the championship. This is personal. Right. And it didn't even matter to me like I felt like it didn't even matter that the that this is for the championship. This is just about Eddie Edwards getting retribution on on Eric Young for putting his hands on his wife for hurting Rich Juan for the torture over the last few weeks. So this was just brutal from the get-go and that 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 blood added even more
1: to it. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of subtle counters. Um, very brutal offense. There was a really interesting when um, Eddie Edwards goes for the Blue Thunder Bomb, and it kind of he kind of twists Eric Young into weird. like a face bump, and I, and I've never seen that. And I don't know if there was a botch involved. I don't know if they were trying to do that. Uh, but that was like one move. I was like, huh, what happened? Right? Like it I've didn't. It didn't. It, it, it didn't <laughs> compute. Right. I was like, can you really call that a blue thunder bomb? It's kind of, I mean, it was a weird kind of uh, move. But, you know, it it, it definitely, um, Eddie acted like it wasn't on purpose and went and get right into another one, uh, which was a traditional uh, blue thunder bomb. Um, But, yeah, both, I mean, super great. Uh, We get to the finish, you know, from a pile driver, of course. uh, But instead of going for the pin, uh, he goes right after Eddie's knee again to try and end his career. Um, He taps out. And then, uh, you know, Eric Young retains. Eric Young starts to lose his mind again, starts attacking uh, Eddie Edwards. Uh, And he gets saved by the run-in by Rich Swan, who uh, hits uh, his kind of uh, spinning kick kind of uh, a trouble-in-paradise type move. Um, And, you know, they're setting that up pretty good for uh, for Bound for Glory there. Um, It does look like at this point, at least, it will be a one-on-one match. They've not decided to add Eddie Edwards in or anything like that, uh, yet. I hope they don't. I hope they don't too. If this was WWE, it would be all but guaranteed to be a triple threat match. <laughs> um, but you know, hopefully it's a, uh, maybe we get rich Swan out there and Eddie Edwards is in his corner. Uh, maybe something along those lines I'd be okay with. Uh, but I'm with you there. I, I hope to God, uh, that we don't get a triple threat here because I, I just think the, the emotion of the match and everything that they've been driving towards, this needs to be, uh, you know, two dudes in the ring hitting, uh, hitting hits and, and throwing throws. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's, that's Victory Road. Um, they did announce that they're going to start doing these monthly specials again on Impact Plus. Uh, looks like they're trying to drive more subscriptions their way. Um, so we'll have another uh, special one in November and another special event in December. Um, which I think is pretty good it'll feel I think less um, intrusive on the rest of the product in these other months where they don't have that quarterly pay-per-view that they're running Um, it's obviously October's become busy because of it Um, but I'm looking forward to these uh, these kind of monthly specials here Sandy how about yourself
2: I am too and you know I think this is a a great way to to get eyes on the products, you know, if they're not, if they're not getting as many viewers to watch their weekly shows, you know, the weekly shows can be a little set up, more backstage segments, um, and these monthly shows can be great to really tie things together, prolong storylines, and and get more viewers on the products, which I think, I think will be nothing but positive for Impact Wrestling.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's funny because, you know, we hear about uh, ratings talk a lot when we're talking about WWE versus AEW, right? um impact mm-hmm. doesn't get talked a lot about it obviously they're on access not a channel everyone has um but someone was able to dig up and i think it was the observer um impact's doing kind of on average about 150 160,000 views uh weekly which for a uh, for the number three you know maybe you know some people would put roh over them um but as far as the number three most popular wrestling promotion in north america on a channel, and then it doesn't, everyone doesn't have. I think 150 to 160,000 people is pretty good. Agreed. And you know, and that doesn't include people like us that watch after the fact, right? And not necessarily always on, you know, the way that we should. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, big ups to them. Uh, you know, really good monthly thing, and, and hopefully they can drive some subscriptions uh, to Impact Plus with these these monthly shows starting back up. Um, But, you know, we'll take a quick breath here and, uh, you know, quite literally, uh, because we have the uh, Impact Wrestling episode from October 6th to talk about here. Um, Anything else you want to add before we uh, jump in here, Sandy?
2: I want to tell you guys that. You should definitely sign up for Impact Plus on Fight TV and catch uh, this pay-per-view. I really think you guys will love it. Hopefully, our breakdown of it will really inspire you guys to say, hey, you know what? I should, I should check that match out. Um, Impact, they're, they're really hardworking. Everyone in that roster is really giving it all they got to, to put out great products. And I think it's a shame that they don't have a lot more viewers on their products. So if you are listening, go check them out.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll agree 100% with that, and it's only like $7.99 for Impact Plus. Um, So, you know, definitely do it, and and doing it through Fight TV helps too. If you're if you have an ROH membership, or if you subscribe to other uh, other wrestling promotions on there, you can view it all right there from the Fight TV app. Uh, And you know, we should push for them to uh, give us some sponsorship money since we've dropped uh, Fight TV like six times now. Um, But hey, you're right. I mean. I guess, you know, we're not going to mention that, you know, we're going to say like, um, so that, you know, they don't think that they're getting any more free press from us, but <laughs> anyway, so we actually get a match teased, uh, on victory road that we didn't talk about. That is the opener here for, uh, the October 6th episode of impact wrestling. Uh, and that is the, uh, follow up to, uh, the Brian Myers and Tommy dreamer match. Um, so, uh, post-match at victory road, uh, Brian uh, pretty much says, Hey man, you're old, you're washed up. I was expecting to get the innovator of violence. And uh, this old, you know, out of shape guy showed up. And so Tommy's like, okay, you know (laughs) what? I'll show you the innovator of violence show up Tuesday. And so I'm like, are we going straight to a no DQ like old school rules match? The answer is no. Uh, We don't, we go right to another regular rules match with Tommy dreamer, uh, two in a row. Um, I sent him a message about it. He has not replied. I don't know why. Um, but you know, it, I know, right. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> uh, but we see, you know, it's a, you know, it was a pretty decent match, pretty short one here. Uh, well actually it's a little bit longer than the other one, but I think that's because of the post-match stuff. Um, Tommy Dreamer gets the win, uh, because, uh, Brian Myers steals a, uh, play from Tommy's uh, playbook and goes and gets a kendo stick and starts, uh, hitting him pretty hard with it. And, uh, I don't think we're done with this uh, feud here, Sandy.
2: I don't think we are at all. Um, but I, I will have to say, so I don't know about you. I'm not a big fan, and I don't know who would be, of the immediate rematches after a pay-per-view. Like, we just saw this match. Yeah. Give, me, give me a break, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I read off the bat. I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to see pretty much all the same matches from the pay-per-view. So, I was not happy about that, but like you mentioned, this isn't going to Looks like this is going to continue. Maybe we'll get that that super hardcore note rules, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer at Boundful Glory. Could yeah. it be? Maybe? It definitely it definitely uh, feels that way. Yeah, but the tensions are definitely high. Um, did you yep, that, that was pretty
1: much it. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, there's not really much else to say about it uh, you know yeah. at this time. Um, and you know, it wasn't the only uh, rematch from Victory Road that we saw. Uh, we'll get to that one in a little bit, uh, but transitioning here, uh, you know, it's nice to get back into our weekly episodes of Impact Wrestling uh, after talking about a pay-per-view, um, which I guess, uh, calling it a pay-per-view is probably not, It's, I mean, it's like a network special, I guess. It's kind of probably that, because we didn't yeah. pay anything extra for it, um, but, you know, after the after the special show, uh, we'll call it, uh, in Victory Rogue, where, you know, there's not as many backstage segments, we get to see uh, another episode of The Moose Chronicles. Um <laughs> Which, you know, uh, nothing really happened in this one. It's kind of, you know, a little bit more of the same. Um, and then we go kind of right from there into um, the, uh, well, you know, we call kind of the, the leftovers of Russell House, who they haven't decided to put into a, another storyline yet. Um, but we see the bridal party uh, backstage arguing. Um, not really a whole lot that I had to say about this, uh, but I don't know. What do you think? A- anything from the Moose Chronicles or from, Our uh, our bridal party here that you want to talk about, Sandy. All
2: right, the Moose Chronicles. Was this was this supposed to be like comedy because he is looking everywhere, I guess, maybe for the title or EC3, but he's literally looking under like a yoga mat, under a motorcycle. I was laughing my ass. I was like, brother, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that cracked me up. It is a little slapsticky. You're right. It is, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's there. Yeah, the yoga mat, like a cushion. Now, but now, for the listeners, when she says yoga mat, she doesn't mean, like, stacks of yoga mats that he, like, kind of looks underneath the stack. She means, like, a rolled-out yoga mat that's flat on the ground that he lifts up the corner of, right? I mean, it's...
0: Like it, it what is, are
2: we looking for, Ruth? What? You've lost your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not fitting a championship belt or EC3 underneath a yoga mat. Um, nope. But if you wanted to go, you know, if you didn't want this to be a serious thing and go full slapstick, where they could have done, uh, if if I'm directing this as a comedy, is he looks under one yoga mat, lifts the corner of it, and nobody's there. But in the in the background, you see a second yoga mat that's just draped over EC3, like hiding underneath it. That would have been that would have been, you know, if I'm doing a two slapstick scene, that would have been kind of like, oh, he looked under the wrong yoga mat, right? Just kind of slight. But, you know, yeah, it is. it It is very slapstick heavy.
2: So funny. Oh, Josh, can I tell you that I got the pleasure of uh, chopping Moose this week?
1: You did not tell me that part. Now, I, I alluded <laughs> to the fact that, that you uh, know Moose now. Um, and obviously, it's because you, you trained with him this week. But you did not tell me that you chopped him. How badly did your hand hurt after?
2: <laughs> it was terrifying. Um no, it wasn't even because of my hand. He was, he was wearing, like a, like, a sweatshirt or something. Um, oh, okay. But I was, like, so he's, like, chopped me. And I was, like, oh, God, why me? So I chopped him. I was, like, well, am I supposed to chop you? Like, chop you, chop you? Or kind of just, like, make it look like it? So I, I kind of – I didn't go 100%. I went, like, 85% because I was, like, man, if I chopped this man too hard and he's, like, what the hell, I would have died. But I did it, and I immediately looked behind me to, like, the rest of my uh, – my teammates, my the students at the school, and I'm and I made this face like, oh, I just stopped moves. I was like so scared. <laughs> he's a terrifying man, but he's a he's a freaking sweetheart. So yeah, I got to train him with this week, so that was amazing. He's very knowledgeable guy, and I'm I'm very grateful for that experience. So yeah, so we're like this now.
1: <laughs> yeah right. Uh, now I gotta say I gotta ask like, is he as physically intimidating in person as he looks like on TV?
2: Oh my God! Yeah, he is just 100 percent muscle, and you know he comes in the ring. He he has this swagger about him. He comes in with this hat. He the presence, everything that you see pretty much on on TV is what you see from him in person. And man, yeah, I was terrified looking at him and working with him, but at the same time, he was very helpful. He was a complete sweetheart, really wanted us to succeed and, and wanted, wanted to make sure that we learned the most from what he was teaching us. So that was really
1: cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. It's always good to hear, you know, um, especially because we hear all the old stories of like the old school wrestlers, right? Back in like the 70s, they were making towns and you had to earn your this or earn your that. And then everyone was addicted to everyone else. And there was razzing and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's always good to hear that in 2020 people don't still have that mindset and that they they actually do want to teach the next generation of wrestlers and the next people that are dying to learn and, and really love the industry. So, uh, that's a great story and thank you for sharing that. Uh, obviously. Oh yeah. I've,
2: I've gotten nothing but but good experiences from, from the people that i have met in the industry. And, and, you know, I feel like being, being a student of Jay lethal, I feel like I haven't put up, put over the school as, as much as I should. And, you know, if you're listening, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, if you've ever wanted to to look at pro wrestling as a career or to fulfill your dream, your childhood dream, go for it. And there's no better place than learning from the man himself, Jay Lethal. He gives it his all. He's the most respectful coach. He is the the sweetest man I've ever met. He really cares about his students. And it doesn't matter from what walks of life you come from, your age, your gender, Nothing. Like, he's going to give it his all when it comes to teaching you. And this week, which is very special because, you know, he had Moose come to the school. We worked with uh, Josh Woods as well. And um, I'm very grateful. I also got to meet and hear critique from Gail Kim, uh, which, as everyone who is listening probably knows that she is, you know, an uh, impact knockout division legend in wrestling. Absolutely. And we got to learn a lot from her as well.
1: Yep, and you also hear her uh, now at the front of our show because you did you – I was kind of joking with Sandy. Uh, and she was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm training with Gail Kim today. And I'm like – I was just kind of joking like, oh, man, you should get a podcast drop from her. <laughs> and like an hour later, Sandy texted me. He's like, I got it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't – I was just joking. Like I turned to my wife I, and I was like – I, I didn't know you were
2: joking, Sean.
1: I didn't – well, I didn't I – listen, you know, I, I don't – doing thing asking favors and things like that can sometimes be awkward. So I was just kinda like i just like yeah. like I probably personally would have done the same like I probably would have asked for it if I was in your shoes. Um but that's because I have no shame. Uh you know, but that's what <laughs> happens like when you have kids like you you don't have shame anymore. It's impossible to because you know you've had shit on your hands, right? So um oh. <laughs> Listen, it's just it's the truth, right? It happens. Um like, but yeah I turned to calling and I was like okay so Sandy just got a podcast drop from Gail Kim Irvine. And she goes, Irvine, you mean like Robert Irvine? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not why she's, <laughs> that's not why it's important that we got like, and kind didn't put two and two together, like that she's married uh, to Robert Irvine. Like, so I was like, I had to be like, later on, I was like, like you realize like you, you know who she is because you, you literally said his name, but she just doesn't, she, my wife does not watch wrestling. Uh, and, and furthermore, would not know, uh, the historical, you know, the legends of impact wrestling of TNA wrestling. Um, and of course, you know, Gail Kim, uh, definitely with that impact plus membership uh, that you should get, go back and find, uh, Gail Kim matches to watch. Cause she was, she was really, uh, working her ass off at a time that, uh, we were coming outside of the, you know, the attitude era, the, you know, the divas, this, that I, um, and she, she and Madison Rain and some of the others really put on some really good matches in the knockout division. So super cool. I, I'm, I'm sure for you to have been able to work with her.
2: Oh, it was, it was an amazing experience. She was such a sweetheart. And you know, Josh, damn it, I didn't know you were joking about asking for the, for the freaking podcast <laughs> thing. And I was like, oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. Why didn't I think about that with Moose? Uh, but as soon as I asked her, no hesitation. She's like, of course. And we went outside the school, and she did it in. In one freaking take, cause she's a pro. Oh,
1: yeah, she's a, yeah. I mean, no. when you said okay. it to me, I was like, okay, yeah, uh, this is like, like she, she, like I could tell it was like not like anything that she rehearsed. This nothing. She's just like, okay, what's the name of the podcast? Got it. And then just, like, she just hit it right yeah. on the nose. Um, so, but yeah, like I said, uh, that drop is now at the front of our uh, show. Uh, which is really cool, our very first specific to the 8-Bit Suplex podcast drop. And it's all because uh, you took me very seriously, uh, which I would think at this point, <laughs> Sandy, as long as we've been doing as long as we know me, uh, you probably should take everything I say with a grain of salt and, and just question whether or not I'm
0: being serious.
1: Because, now I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. I could have gotten
2: to... heat. What if it was, like, against the rules to ask him for that? I'm like, oh, man, it would have been Josh's fault to gotten
1: heat with Gil yeah, No, I imagine? If you would have gotten heat, uh, <laughs> I would have felt really bad. And I would have driven down to the school <laughs> to apologize. Um, and, and not just because I wanted to talk to Jay. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on, uh, I'm going to assume, since we, we had a nice little uh, segue there, uh, we're killing time because we didn't want to talk about anything that has to do with this bridal party scene, right?
2: Yeah, no, we're good.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so moving right along. Uh, so uh, fresh off of his win on Victory Road, we get another edition of the Defeat Rohit Challenge. I think uh, Rohit, he cuts uh, an, an excellent promo at the front end of this uh, Defeat Rohit Challenge. And then uh, out of the blue, because uh, we kind of understand the rules are once you get your shot at the, cha- at the champ, Your challenge, you don't get it again. Uh, But imagine my surprise when the music for Chocolate Thunder himself, Willie Mack, hits again.
2: Dude, I was upset. I was was like, really?
1: Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I was kind of hoping to see uh, who we'd get. Um, And I had kind of been half spoiled on Twitter around some of what happened next. But I didn't keep reading. I didn't understand the context. I thought something else happened uh, with the person that does answer the challenge. But, of course, Rohit takes the mic, sells well at hit You had your shot. You don't get another one. So get out of the ring, and let's see who comes out next. And then imagine my surprise again when the music hits is none other than Jordan Grace. Yo, I popped. I did, too. I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Because Rohit's not the tallest guy. And obviously, we've talked before on the show that Jordan is not a super tall woman. Um, so, I felt like she could really go one-on-one with him pretty well. I was pretty hyped for it. You know, Rohit looks like uh, he looks like he's seen a ghost. He's like, I'm not wrestling <laughs> Jordan Grace. And it wasn't a, oh, I'm not wrestling a girl kind of thing. It was like, oh, fuck. I'm he's terrified terrifying. of her. And listen, me too, <laughs> Rohit. Me too. I'm terrified of Jordan Grace. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. But – you know, uh, we see, uh, you know, a little bit back and forth. He's kind of distracted by Willie. Willie saying, hey, man, wrestle her. And uh, bell rings. Jordan Grace gets a uh, quick roll-up because uh, Rohit is distracted. She wins. Willie puts the belt on her. Everyone's thinking, oh, man, this is great. And then Yo. your boy Rohit says, this wasn't for the X Division championship. I never said that's what it was for. This was just an open challenge. Great match, Jordan. You won. <laughs> and then he goes to the back, and, and this the, the look of, of shock and, and just disgust on both Willie and, and Jordan's faces was just priceless.
2: <laughs> I As much as I love rookie, my man, rookie Reju and I never want him to draw that title, I just didn't think it was possible that they could come up with a, an, appoint, an opponent that would make me just absolutely be like, all right, Drop the title, my man. Your right. your time is over. Uh, and they did by getting Jordan Grace to come out. I freaking hopped out of my freaking couch. I was like, yes, baby. I was like, sorry, Willie, I love you, but this is so much better. And oh, imagine yeah. my disappointment when, of course, she gets the roll-up <laughs> and it's not for the damn title. Like, part of it, I was so torn because I'm like, my man, Rohit Raju out here doing the damn thing. He never said it was for the title. He's so smart. My champion. Yeah. But then I'm like, Damn it, man. I would have loved to see uh, Jordan Grace get the win here. But, you know, uh, they go backstage, or no, uh, Rohit Raju goes backstage, and he's met by by Scott Zamore. He is congratulating him on his tactics, actually, saying, hey, you know, you're you're a giving champ. You're giving all these opportunities out. But it's kind of like a...
1: Very sarcastic, like, very... very
2: sarcastic, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're doing great, man, you're offering all these things, guess what, because you're so giving, at Bound Glory, we will have a six-way scramble for the X Division title, which left uh, Raju looking like, oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and, and so, so, who are we going to have? It's going to be Chris Bay, TJP, Trey Miguel. Was it Trey Miguel? Yeah, Trey Miguel. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Willie Mack. Willie really Mack. Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace. And Rohit Raju. Now, I, I just a, a, a brief pause here because this is a a, a wrestling promotion that uh, obviously has no problem with women holding championships that are not the Knockouts Division Championship. Tessa Blanchard, of course, you know, was their uh, heavyweight champion for a time uh before things went south with her um but they obviously they they, they're injecting jordan grace here and i think it is a perfect place to put her i i I, there's a lot of mixed feelings about intergender wrestling right as a whole there are times that i think it makes sense there are times that i think okay these are two competitors that look like they can go toe-to-toe it looks like a really good match Right. I mean, Candice LeRae, of course, historically has done a ton of it. Uh, Lou Fisto is something that you hear about a lot in the indies that's done a ton of it. There's a lot of big names that are against it. Cody Rhodes has come out and said that he, oh, he's not a fan of it. He doesn't want it in AEW. Um, Lance Storm has been against it um, in most cases, uh, drawn a lot of backlash there. And so I just want to ask you, Sandy, kind of what your thoughts as as a female wrestler What your thoughts are regarding intergender wrestling? Do you want to see it in major promotions? Do you want to see it on the indies? What what are kind of your thoughts there?
2: I would love to see it in uh, major promotions. I think it works. It can work very well. One of the the bigger ones that made me absolutely love uh, intergender wrestling recently was Chris Statlander. Her stuff. In God, what was the promotion up north where she where she came out of? Man, she can put up a match with just about any 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 man, woman, you name it, alien even. Yeah, she she is from outer space. (laughs) And you know her stuff. I feel it's hard for me to say. It has to make sense because it's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is an art. It is so subjective. It can mean right. whatever the hell you want it to mean. You know, we have comedy wrestling. I feel like one of one of the biggest gimmicks in wrestling is tag team wrestling. You know, you, you if you think about the rules in tag team wrestling, it's the most gimmicky yeah thing, I guess, in pro wrestling, even more so than women's wrestling, even more so to me than intergender wrestling. So I understand the point of it having to make sense, possibly in the size between the two competitors. But that's a story. That's that's something that you can say too when it comes to um like we saw Triple XL and the Rascals. You know the size right. difference, the strength difference, but we still see the Rascals go over on Triple XL, and that you know the size difference mm. there didn't matter. You can say the same thing with intergender wrestling. If you have a a stronger, bigger man against a female competitor, hey, it's not all about strength. It's not all about size. There's speed. You know, if we think back into the old so the very first uh, UFC days, there was no weight limitation. Right. You know, there was no cap. Anyone can go with anyone and it had to do more with skill. So yep. it's, it's just a slippery slope, you know? Part of me does want to say, okay, let's make it look realistic. Let's make it have it make sense. But at the same time, fuck it. Like it doesn't have to.
1: Yeah, no, and, and the reason why I break. So, you know, when Dan and I were, were discussing uh, the episode of impact that he covered with me, uh, the, there's the kind of the end of the Sammy Callahan, uh, Rob Van Dam feud. And the, the end of the match, um, uh, the simulation was that, if, you know, Rob Van Dam won, Katie Forbes got five minutes in the ring alone to beat up Sammy Callahan was basically the premise of it. And of course uh, I had the, the fear, uh, that it was just going to turn into Sammy Callahan beating up Katie Forbes. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it turned into. And the, the, the last thing we see of Katie Forbes, of course, on Impact TV because Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes uh, did not have their contracts renewed uh, after that uh, feud ended was Katie Forbes eating a pile driver uh, without really protecting herself at all and then he just kind of tosses her like you know like a limp body away right so mm-hmm. there's 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 I, it's it's always difficult because uh, we do have, live in a world where there is you know so much uh, domestic violence. There's a lot of violence between, you know, men against women. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like you said, how you present it matters. Um, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and and I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a white guy on the internet, uh, you know, making a podcast. Um, but I think that if you can do it in a way that it presents it as a competition, like other wrestling matches, and it's not a violent beat down, like Sammy give Katie, but it's a, you know, you can go back on YouTube and watch Candice LeRae and Adam Cole and PWG have incredible matches, and it doesn't look like it's a domestic violence <laughs> kind of thing, right? So yeah. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, and just kind of you know because I, I know everyone's kind of different on that, and everyone has a different opinion. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, like Kylie Ray uh, just had a, a match on the Independence against uh, I think it was Alex Shelley. Uh, that I want to go back and find the tape of and watch oh. that because mm-hmm. I imagine that's very good. Um, so it, 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 like, but that to me is, you know, it's two people, similar stature. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's a case by case basis. Um, just like, you you don't necessarily want to watch the undertaker wrestle Rey Mysterio either, but you know,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: you know, but, but here, uh, here with with Jordan Grace, I feel like it's an equal footing thing. I don't feel like she's someone that that's going to just absolutely get picked on because obviously she is strong. She is very fast. Um, So I think she's going to be doing some of the agility stuff with, you know, with Chris Bay, with TJP, with Shane McGill. But I think she's going to be doing some power moves, too, with Willie Mack and Rahit Raju. So uh, this this match uh, at Bound for Glory, the six-way scramble for the X Division Championship, um, that kind of became my number one match I'm most excited to see, Sandy, uh, if I'm being completely honest.
2: Hell, yeah. It could be a banger. We'll see – We'll see how it actually plays out. But, yeah, I think it's one to look out for, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. But, you know, we're getting closer. October 24th is not as far away as it was last week. So we're we're inching ever closer to uh, Bound for Glory. I think it is uh, two weeks from tomorrow. We're recording this on October 9th. So two weeks from October 10th. uh, So two Saturdays, uh, and we're there. Um, But uh, after that little uh, fiasco of the Defeat Rahit Challenge, We do see uh, Falabao had said that he was going to go find money to help Johnny Bravo uh, pay for the wedding. And, of course, we all know about Hernandez's money from arm wrestling. So there's a whole bunch of nonsense uh, kind of set up here. I don't have anything I want to touch on. Anything you want to touch on with Falabao challenging Hernandez to an arm wrestling match?
0: Mm,
2: Nope. (laughs) But then (laughs) – so that happened earlier and then we see a short clip of uh, hernandez in the shower and palaba, palaba what? Am I that well right? that actually <laughs> that
1: happens a little bit later uh that he goes and steals it we can talk about it now it doesn't matter when we talk about it because it it just it's absolutely doesn't matter um but yeah uh he oh, spills cool. he spills coffee on hernandez or something and it prompts hernandez to go shower um i've spilled coffee on myself a lot sandy I've never felt the need to go to go immediately shower after. Um, but, hey, I mean, uh, everyone's a little different, I guess. So, but, you know, it it's just it, – it doesn't do a whole lot for me.
2: Nope. But we'll be where it goes you steal the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if, I don't think we're going to see Hernandez in a ring. He seems to send Reno scum after whomever. Uh, so maybe, you uh, know, we we'll That's see – you know, follow by and, uh, and Johnny Swinger have to fight Reno Scum because Reno Scum is trying to get Hernandez's money back. I don't know. I, I don't think it leads to much uh, before Bound for Glory. Uh, will, we might see the payoff or lack thereof at Bound for Glory because there are some other matches, obviously, they're going to throw in there that are not title matches. Uh, you know, we talked about Brian Myers and Tommy Dreamer is probably going to be one. EC3 and Moose is kind of a title match with Moose's self-proclaimed TNA World Heavyweight Championship belt. Uh, But it's not because that's not an officially recognized belt by Impact. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Anywho, um, our other rematch of Victory Road uh, happens here. Triple XL versus the Rascals again.
2: Yeah, so Victory Road rematch. um, We have Triple XL immediately attack a dozen wins. Even before, you know, they can even take off their jackets. Uh, yeah. They send ones to the outside, and they isolate uh, isolate beds before they could even take off their jackets. And uh, to be honest, I, I like I mentioned earlier. Actually, I'm not a big fan of those uh, rematches directly after a pay per view or a big show. Um, so far, this would this would be uh, two out of three on tonight's episode. Uh, episode, but we do see the Rascals defeat Triple XL once more after AC Romero catches uh, Big Larry D with a main forearm and Wentz super kicks AC Romero outside of the ring. Um the finishing they do their finishing maneuver, which I don't know if you, you recall the name, but it's that they freaking flip over Wentz and he pushes him over to uh, to the person on the ground. What is that called? Um
1: called? it it's it's some it's pun so about innovative. it's it's some pun about marijuana.
2: Um, <laughs> of
1: course. you know, cause it has to be, uh, da, 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 da. I'll tell you in just a moment, if you want to just, uh, you know, uh, keep vamping here a little bit. Um, sure. but yeah, but masks, I, I, you know. it was pretty good. You know, I, I, I really liked the, um, the opening spot that you talked about where before, you know, they even got their jackets off. Um, they, did kind of like a torture rack where AC and, and Larry were literally like pooling at opposite ends of Dez.
2: Oh, yes. and, about- and
1: then they took that and they just lifted it up straight into a giant power bomb. Like it was pretty interesting. I don't know that I've seen that before, but again, you know, we're seeing these moves out of uh triple XL towards uh, the rascals because there is, you know, a, a giant um, size discrepancy um, between the two, you know, teams um, triple XL, I thought it was interesting. They, they don't pick up the win, um, either match, you know, we'll see kind of what they, they do there. I just didn't, I don't know. It just does not feel like anything of consequence. Um, the rascals are not involved in the tag match at bound for glory, at least not yet. Um, yeah. Th- so the finishing move is called hot fire flame. Uh, like I said, you know, it mm. is it's something to do with smoking marijuana, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean it is uh, its it's an interesting thing to just keep running these tag matches um, that don't I mean, you got four other tag team matches tag teams that are involved in stuff. It is you know it, it, it's interesting to kind of see where they kind of just kind of stack things in with these filler matches. Um, but you know it, it was an interesting match. Um, and then, of course, immediately following this match, we have the follow-up taking the cash from Hernandez while he's showering that we touched on. And then we get a uh, another uh, shot, uh, another video package of uh, Jimmy Jacobs now with Rich Swan's doctor talking about the progress. He's 100% ready to go. No, right, here. right. That doctor is man. They could have. They they had another week, Sandy, to find another doctor that could actually <laughs> sell a scene. <laughs>
2: This doctor cracks me up.
1: He is so bad. <laughs> <But, laughs> Yo, know, he's he's got like what a line and a half, and he can't get it out. I don't know why. No. He must be like a camera operator or someone they have that's like, you know, coronavirus cleared. That's just around. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Sandy. Um, but we see, you know, someone is working out in scrubs behind him. We see Rich Swan doing his little exercises. Uh, and then out of nowhere, the person in scrubs is revealed to be Eric Young, who then brutally attacks Rich Swan and does something to his ankle off camera after picking up a uh, big, uh, big, uh, plate, uh, you know, uh, for those that are not, you know, weightlifters, a plate would be a, uh, 45 pound, uh, weight that you would put on the end of a barbell. And, uh, I, it sounded pretty gruesome. It was, we'll see what happens here. Um. But hopefully it doesn't put into Jeopardy uh, Rich Swan for Balfour Glory.
2: God, I hope not. But, you know, one thing you made clear, EY looks at him and just tells Rich to stay out of his way. And yep. that was... Man, that was a beatdown.
1: It was an absolute beatdown. Like I said, it sounded gross. I did not like the way that sounded at all when he did the plate on the, the ankle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But... Man, oof. That's all I got to say about that.
2: Right? Yeah, pretty much. So like, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we go from that uh, to a backstage interview uh, with Motor Machine Guns, where they they kind of like, hey man, that was kind of brutal. Uh, but uh, anywho, we'll talk about our own business, right? And so, uh, not I don't really have anything uh, of note to talk about with this backstage here. What about you?
2: Nope. The Good Brothers just out boasting that they're undefeated, and of course they warned warned that they'll take the titles from um, from the Motor City Machine Guns at Bountiful Glory. Uh, I think it was Doc Ollis who made it very clear. So we want to make sure that you guys that we take it from you guys. So it's yeah. getting heated. This has been playing for a very long time, and I can't honestly. I'm very excited to see the payout at Bountiful Glory.
1: Yeah, you know it, it's interesting because you know I I said on this podcast. I'm not exactly super excited about the good brothers. I, you know, I wasn't, that wasn't like the big signing that I thought it was going to be, you know, that everyone's like, oh, wow. You know, they went to impact. This is going to be great for impact. I'm like, is it really though? Um, But actually I've been really impressed with the the, the effort that they've been putting forth because, you know, I think a lot of times we expect these, these veteran guys that go to, I don't want to say lesser promotions, but you know, they were in WWE, they were in new Japan pro wrestling. They've been to the quote unquote mountaintops of professional wrestling, and then they take due to t- you know Impact is right now a step below those as far as you know pay and notoriety and things. Um, but they're really giving it their all, it seems.
2: Agreed. I feel like that that speaks volumes to the type of people that they are. If that is the case, you know they're they're putting their best foot forward. They're giving it all. they all. They want to make sure that this that the Impact tag team division is elevated by them being there. That they're not just getting a paycheck. Um, kind of like how they were in WWE, which wasn't their fault. Um, but no, they're really, I'm excited. I feel like it's really done a lot for the tag team division.
1: Yeah, I agree. And what's great too, is that, you know, we do get, um, a tease for next week. Uh, we are going to see, uh, Doc Gallows wrestle one-on-one with Madman Fulton, uh, next week's impact. So that should be pretty interesting. We'll see if, you know, they keep, uh, that undefeated streak going for the good brothers. I imagine they do. Um, but I, you know, Doc Gallus hasn't done a whole lot of one-on-one in the recent years, uh, so we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So why don't you take us through this uh, this next tag match here, Sandy?
2: Okay, I freaking love this tag match, and I hope you did too. Yep. We have Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie versus Sasha Fields and Kira Hogan. And you know, we saw which other match was it last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago that you know it wasn't it wasn't the best. I think we had some some critiques to it but it, it just didn't look clean. It was kind of sloppy. there was mm-hmm. just a lot going on and it kind of got lost. but man, this if we can count this as a redemption, holy shit, they did it because it was it was fantastic. I was blown away. This may be one of the best women's tag team matches that I have seen in If not ever, then definitely in quite some time. Um, I was super impressed. Everything was, it was very fast paced, but it was very aggressive. And even though it was a a faster paced match than maybe their previous match or, you know, what we're used to, they were able to execute everything flawlessly, perfectly. It told a great story. And I really think, you know, from what we see here at the end, from what we see for, uh, was it, I don't know, the match. It's going to be next week or Bounce of Glory. I can't recall. But I really do think they're going to bring some uh, women's tag team titles into the picture. And I feel like this really solidifies that, especially after such a great match.
1: Yeah, and, you, and, and the match you're alluding to is the uh, triple threat uh, women's tag match uh, next week. The team's between Rosemary and Taya, Kira Hogan, and Tasha Steels and then, of course, Havoc and Nevaeh, uh, the other tag team. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this match was uh, really a really excellent match. Um it goes nine minutes fifteen seconds, flies by. Um, it doesn't feel long. It doesn't feel like there's you know, it doesn't feel like at any point that they should get out of there. Um and th- all four women absolutely worked their asses off. Um I you know, the MVPs uh, I, I, I kind of would say are Taya and, and Kara Hogan, but that's not because the other ones aren't uh holding their own, right? Uh Rosemary looked really good. Tasha Steele's looked as good as she's looked in, in the last few weeks. Um but ultimately it ends in a, uh, a kind of like a wing clipper uh, kind of uh, stunner by Rosemary that I thought looked pretty brutal. Um, I liked the finish, liked the match. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, what they kind of do here. If they do, I think, you know, I'm right there with you. Like I think they're going to do women's tag team champions, uh, championship belts. And I think they should.
2: I hope so. They have, I mean, they have the talent there. They have, I feel like they haven't enough women in there. I, they, if they do bring the belts, they may need to look into uh, bringing more talent in, maybe doing something like how AEW is doing, where they bring independent unsigned talent to, to have these matches with, with their own talent. I think they could really benefit from, from doing something like that. Get could see more eyes on the product, get more talent in there, more variation, more storylines, uh, different matchups that we would be unable to see otherwise. And I think yeah. they, yeah, if they decide to go the route, it's, it's the best thing that they can do. But, man, I got to tell you, this match, I stopped taking notes as this match picked up because it was just so fantastic. It was hectic. It was perfectly executed. Uh, like you mentioned, Taya and Rosemary get the win. If I have to say anything negative about it, I do not care for or like Rosemary's gear. It is so distracting to me.
0: It's but a lot. It's
2: too much. There's a lot, a lot happening there, and it's too bulky, and it, it can be very distracting. But this is the best that I've seen her work, um, Rosemary, for as yeah. a matter of fact. So
1: no, I great. agree with that. You know, I thought Rosemary looked really good. but uh, Heads and shoulders of what we've seen out of her the past couple weeks, uh, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I, I have my reservations about Havoc and Nevea as a tag team just because you know, sometimes yeah. they kind of look lost. Um, but hopefully, you know, with the other two teams in there, you know, hopefully we get a good, pretty good match. Uh, I, like I said, I think it's next week. Um, we get another tag match. You know, it seems to be kind of the theme of the night uh, here as the, you know we're moving on. The Deeners, uh, of course, which is Cody Deaner and cousin Jake, take on Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger as more fallout from the uh, the bridal party. Uh, this one goes two minutes and forty nine seconds, and I feel like we're <laughs> going to talk about it a lot less than that.
2: Oh yeah. It was just comedy comedy match. Comedy nothing match. It was just there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: The whole thing was uh the nonsense between Swinger and Crazy Steve. They were trying to get something from his from his little man his purse Fanny pack, thing. yeah.
1: It was a fanny <laughs>
2: pack. And then yeah, that was it. The only thing that we can and that I remember really was just Josh and commentary saying, "Talk about a cast of characters." And I was like, "Josh, you are correct, sir." And then that's pretty much it. Let's yeah,
1: yeah that was re-watching. the only thought the commentary could get out there because this match was overboard yeah. started pretty much. Um, of course, the Deaners pick up the win, uh, defeating crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. Um, yeah, it was a match that happened. Um, but <laughs> I, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, we get a backstage interview with Kylie Ray still just visibly distraught uh, because they kind of show the the clip of Susie uh, kind of getting her arm broken again by Donna Perazzo. And, you know, the interviewer is like, you know, uh, what does it, what does it feel like uh, seeing your best friend, you know, get her arm broken just now, like on the, on the tape. And she's like seeing it just now, how about seeing it again? Like I I was forced to watch that happen. And, this, you know, she's really freaking out and I've, I've been, somewhat critical about Kylie Ray's promo ability in the past. I've always felt like that's kind of the one spot she lacked. Um, but this felt more raw. It felt more emotion. Um, I I've actually really liked the, the promo work out of here, uh, from her.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. It felt like it was her, her true emotions. She's upset. Of course she couldn't do anything to help Susie as Kimberly made her watch, uh, when Deanna broke Susie's arm off. Um, we do see Kimberly coming in and interrupting, completely mocking her, teaches Kylie. Of course, we all expect Kylie to just kind of take it because she's so sweet. She's so nice. Right. She's smiley Kylie Ray, And Kimber, of course, goes in for, for the tease. And she does mention, hey, you don't know who Susie really is, which I thought was a, a, a good thing to throw in there for the storyline. Yeah. Um, but Kylie just has had enough and goes in the attack on Kimber. Her, this promo on, on her part. It it was so it was executed very well. And same with Kimberly. It felt natural. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was a pretty good backstage thing. I I haven't really liked Kimberly's um mic work either. Um, but Mm -hmm. this was it it wasn't a situation where she had to do a lot of it. Um Kylie kinda snaps and you can see she's just she doesn't know like she's like upset with herself for snapping. She's upset about you know, Susie. So we'll see that they're kinda playing this up. Like Kylie's just kind of out of her head. She's not her in her head, like her normal mentality. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays in the weeks to come. Of course, we find out uh, that next week we'll see Kylie Ray take on Kimberly in singles action. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. Um, from there we go straight into, uh, which I, I thought was a pretty good segment here, uh, with Heath and Scott uh, more talking contracts.
2: Hey, <laughs> I was excited at first. I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Possible contract negotiation. But unfortunately, it didn't go so well for Heath. We see Scott more grabs this like folded up piece of paper that looked like a a, a nut. it looked like a bill. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh yo, we can definitely talk about negotiations here for Heath. And Heath is like, I got this, pulls out a whole ass holder with multiple papers inside, and Scott more is like, oh. Oh, you you did this yourself, and it looks like you had a lawyer do it. <laughs> so right. it didn't go so well because apparently there were a lot too many too many uh, zeros in the asking price for the contract and lots of uh, lots of asterisks in this contract. So Scott Demore did not seem so pleased anymore. So poor Heath. We'll see. We'll see where the negotiation goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it gets heated. And what I thought was interesting too is that Heath actually name checks uh, Monday Night Raw. Um when he's he's yeah. like like man, I after I got fired I went on raw with wrestle Drew McIntyre. I'm like, wait, did he just say raw Andrew McIntyre? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I mean if any it's not like he said anything negative. Uh if anything, yeah. he gave them a free plug on Access T V to you know, tune in Monday nights on USA. Um <laughs> but we see they're kinda of playing fast and loose with this mentioning other companies thing, uh mentioning wrestlers outside their company. Um so, you know, I guess they're just going to keep doing that because uh, I don't think Don Callis really cares. <laughs> he, he seems good. like he's going to be what? Try me. Like, you can't you can't get mad at me for saying anything. All you can do is say don't <laughs> say it again. Right. I mean, there's no lawsuit yeah. to be had there because he didn't say Ross sucks. Um, so, you know, we'll see what goes. Um, then we get a, a clip of EC3 cutting a promo in what looks like to be. Uh, the foliage that is outside of well, the impact zone. Uh, of course, Moose does not know where it is. Um, and then he cuts a promo and drops the belt off of a walkway. Um, I think we're supposed to be led to believe that it's a bridge over, over a river. It doesn't look anything like that. Uh, it kind of just looks like a, a little walkway uh, bridge type <laughs> thing. Um, and, you know, it, it just kind of keeps setting up, you know, what we're eventually going to get to with, you know, bound for glory, uh, Moose and EC3 is officially happening there. and Like I mentioned before, it is going to be in a, a quote-unquote undisclosed location, so maybe it is amongst the foliage outside of the impact zone. Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, we go right into another uh, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan uh, backstage. Uh, much like the last one, this one does nothing for me.
2: Yeah, so Sammy finds Ken. Ken feels actually bad about attacking Eddie Edwards uh sammy encourages him uh by encourage i mean manipulates uh says that he's on the up and up as the old killer ken shamrock um and and we see ken eating that up as he attacks a poor bystander uh nearby so we'll see we'll keep seeing where this goes sorry that it's not doing anything for you josh
1: <laughs> it's not it's not and you know uh, it, it's What really takes me out of it too is just this absolute cornball shit that Sammy keeps saying, like, "Oh, it's got look at this, it's got 45 million retweets," and it's like,
0: (laughs) Sammy, come on,
1: like, come (laughs) on, man, like, do your hacker gimmick, that's fine, but to be like social media hacker guy that's caring about how many hits something is getting, like, I don't know if the
2: right.
1: I don't know if it's supposed to be like. Oh, Ken doesn't know anything about this. He might believe that it's forty-five million. Now I'm pumping up his ego. Uh, but if that's the angle, mm-hmm. it's a dumb angle. I'm just gonna say, it. I I just don't. Yeah. Why would Ken Shamrock care how many people are liking his videos on Twitter?
2: Yeah, I agree that that when they when they threw that aspect in there in the last interview, I didn't. Care. That's that's the one thing that, that you can say is just taking people off of it completely. Because okay, is that is that your goal? Why why would Ken? Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. So.
2: We'll
1: yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so we get to the <laughs> we get to the main event here uh, of our uh, October sixth episode of Impact, and it's a pretty good one here. Uh, we get Ace Austin and Madman Fulton versus the Motor City Machine Guns, who of course are in a non-title match here. Um, lots of really good action. I didn't take a whole lot of notes because so much was happening. Um, but you know, uh, we see a theme here with these tag team matches that involved the Motor City Machine Guns, and that is the Motor City Machine Guns are pretty awesome.
2: They're so freaking great. I like Shelly. I want to meet this man one day. And I, I, one day, I don't know. I, I, there's so yeah. much that you can learn from this man. He's so good. Um, But of course, Ace Austin being 23 years old, I know you're very fond of this guy. I am. Uh, he's excellent in the ring. I just cannot get into what he looks like. <laughs> And that's I get that. So unfair. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be like, I don't like this wrestler because of how he looks. But, sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, no, but you know, but um, you know this as a wrestler. I mean, the look that you craft is very important. You know, if you yeah,
2: no, it absolutely is.
1: If you don't have the look that's that the audience is reacting to, then I mean, you gotta kind of think about that. But I think for the most part, people like his look, although it is a very, very much uh, Gambit from X Men uh, vibe that I get from it. Um, but as someone who's, and, and I'll be perfectly honest about this, Andy, my favorite X-Men as a child, uh, and probably now was Gambit. And it's because he could throw playing cards and then make them explode. I mean, that was, let's be honest as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever. And then in the cartoon, <laughs> he had that really thick, horrible, uh, horribly done Creole accent because he you was know, from Louisiana, you know, from the Bayou. Um, but no, uh, getting back to Ace Austin, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is 23. <laughs> Um, he's won the X division championship and impact is someone they obviously care a lot about. Um, mm-hmm. And they keep putting him in some pretty big spots here. I will say as far as his look goes, um, like as someone I've had gauged deers in the past, um, mine are all closed up now. Um, hey. Jeff Hardy is someone that is, you know, has gauged deers that comes to, into play more than I'd like to see come into play um that man that man gets his ears attached to things like it shouldn't happen it makes me very sick um but you know it it can be distracting because ace wrestles with his gauges in uh and so he takes one slam bad slam and now that you know the gauge is bouncing around the ring and you know i i don't want to see anybody get hurt or you know step on that or slip or something when they're going across so at some point he should probably wrestle with those out and that's all i'll say about his look
2: You know, I didn't even notice that, which is hilarious. I just, I don't like the color purple and I think it's just the purple hair really just kills me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, his gauges are purple
2: too. I mean, it's pretty, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of purple. There's too much purple. A
1: lot of purple.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And another thing I do want to say that I've noticed over the past few weeks, there is way too much dubstep on Impact. Like so many of their entrances, the music—it's like the whole like—is it dubstep? I don't know. It's the, only, the closest thing that I can think of. Yeah. Also, not a big fan. But that is seriously just being like super freaking nitpicky about my own personal taste. It's nothing bad not sure. on impact. I just wanted to say that I was watching this and I was like, oh my god, every other freaking entrance is just. <laughs> well, freaking yeah, I mean,
1: it, they could they could hire a, a CFO or a uh, you know somebody to come in and yeah, do something. Yeah,
2: they're on the outs. They're
1: on the out to WWE, right, CFO? Yeah, CFO. Yeah, CFO's gone. Like it has been for about a year. So, hey, you know what? Fact, they could also they could also call up our friend Rich Lotta and uh, have oh. hey, say Rich, you know, make us some intro music here, right? I mean, I'm sure Rich would oh, would yeah. jump. Yeah, listen, I'm hey, listen, I'm gonna right now. I'm gonna make the call just in case you know Gail wants to listen because of her drop. Hey, Gail, <laughs> call up our boy Rich Lotta. His his uh, social media stuff will be in our our show notes. Uh, you know, definitely check them out. And for the listeners, hey, check out Rich Rich's stuff Uh, on Spotify, on YouTube, uh, really good stuff. Um, But, you know, kind of getting back to the match a little bit here and I'll agree with you about the music they do need. You well, know, even like Motor City Machine Guns music is kind of just, you know, it's it's like driving like Detroit rock, so to speak. And the mm-hmm. guy's just, you know, the guy's just crooning over at Motor City. And it's just kind of like, all right, man, we get it. They're from Detroit. Okay. Just, Come on, just just stop it. Just take the vocal track out, and the music is fine. You know, like, but you know, I guess they want to remind people they are the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, but no, I thought it was a very good match. You know, it goes about 13 minutes. Uh, of course, you that know, the, the uh, there is some uh, interference. It looks like it's going to happen from the north. Walking out, uh, your boy, of course, uh, Ethan Page comes out, and yeah, he looks good wearing his uh, what I would call his stupid shorts again. I do not like his fashion style um but you know him and josh alexander come out from the back looks like they're going to get involved good brothers come out and for some reason i and i can't figure out why but i guess it's because they're trying to position the good brothers as kind of a babyface, kind of a tweener thing but they decide they're going to stop the north from interfering in the match which leads to the Motor City machine guns winning i don't really understand that part of it but you know i guess uh I guess it just happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they're it, the attitude of the Good Brothers is that they're very heelish, but at the same time, I feel like Impact's like realizing, okay, they're, they're such big stars coming coming to Impact, they, they can't really be heels. But it, yeah, it's, it's a weird dynamic. We've seen it kind of kind of flip back and forth to to where there're moments and matches where we're like, okay, are are the babyfaces? Are they like what's happening here? Um. Yeah, yeah, they come out for the save from from the north. Freaking Ethan Page every time. I can't believe I hadn't said that. I haven't said this already, but he looks so freaking good. Props <laughs> to you, my man. <laughs> but no, this match was was super fun. Fulton looked mean as ever when he was tearing down Alex Shelley in the beginning of the match. Um, there was yep. a, I don't know if you recall this. Alex Shelley at one point grabbed Fulton's crotch.
1: Yeah, I wasn't gonna bring that and... up because it was very awkward.
2: It was so weird. He had a handful, and it wasn't just, like, for a moment, for a distraction. Like, I I really hope it was fl- planned because, I mean, Fulton just kind of looked down like, what the hell? Like, he was kind of yeah. surprised, and I feel like everyone was surprised. I'm like, what happened there?
1: <laughs> it, feel, it, it felt like he was trying – they were trying to do this, like, he's bigger than I expected, like, height-wise. So when he went to reach back know, to, like, hit him, I think – you know, I don't know. I'm, I might be trying I to ex- so. <laughs> I might be trying to explain something that doesn't need to be explained and to just probably be <laughs> forgotten about because it was a very strange moment and nothing happened because of it.
2: Nothing So it was just him grabbing his crotch and then someone still had him by the robes and I'm just like, what the fuck was that? He just molested pulled, pulled him for no reason. It was yeah. so weird but outside of that, um, oh my gosh, do you recall the the Chris Sabin? Uh, drop kicks in the top rope to the back of the head of Ace Austin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. That that looks so dangerous. There was a lot of whiplash from Ace Austin on that one, and it just reminded me of, um, God, who was it, Paige? When Sasha did that to Paige, when she came back from yeah. the neck injury, that, that took her out again. I yeah. do not did not like that, but hopefully he's okay. Uh, would, would love to see a of that, but it looked terrifying.
1: Yeah, um, I mean – I, I will say this too, and, and and we talk a lot about Alex Shelley, and rightfully so. But Chris Saban holds his own in there as well. And and, and when they do when they do their tandem offense, where they where they do the uh, you know the kicks, and then they do the the one guy runs and flips over the guy and holds the neck up so that the other guy comes off the ropes and does the drop kick. Um, it's just, I mean, it's flawless every time they do it. You can tell they've done it a million times, uh, but still, every time is just. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's why these guys are good, right? Uh, it makes sense why they're the tag team champions right now. Um, you know, you, the, the common theme with a lot of professional wrestling is when they have these multi-man matches for championships, oftentimes the champion retains. That's, you know, kind of the money that you could put on it. Um, I don't know. It really depends to me what the Good Brothers contract situation is and whether or not they're allowed to go to Japan. It's, it's honestly what I what I think it kind of boils down to. If the Good Brothers aren't going to Japan at all, at least not for a while because of COVID, it makes sense to put the belts on them. But if they're going go to go to, to Japan, right? New Japan just announced they're doing the World Tag League. They haven't announced anything. There's been a lot of Twitter chatter today because – Some of the AEW talent's been talking about World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, Orange Cassidy tweeted, hey, when's uh, Best of the Super Juniors or something along those lines, right? And, you know, of course, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait. Maybe they could do that. But, you know, there's some talent signed in in some other places that kind of have these both ways contracts. Um, You know.
2: John Moxley.
1: John Moxley. uh, uh, Miro, uh, a.k.a. Rusev, has said that he's got in his contract to be able to go to both. I believe that FTR has the, their contracts uh, signed that way, um, and then I, obviously the Good Brothers. I, I I'm fairly confident have the ability to go to Japan as well. Um, so if they're going to go off and do a World Tag League, which might, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's way out of this world, not possible considering their history there. Um, I you know we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think we'll know based on uh, what kind of the World Tag League roster gets announced, um, whether or not the Good Brothers uh, will will come up with the championship. That's my opinion. But, you know, they could surprise us all, and they could not do it, and then they don't win. But they've got this undefeated streak coming in, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see.
2: But for this match, um, Alex Shelley pins Fulton from a crossbody, and that is it for for this huge tag title shot at at uh, bounce for glory. I honestly have no idea who's going to take it. You know, we still have the buildup for it. We had a couple of weeks, you know, like you mentioned Doc Gallows and, and Madman Fulton are going to go at it next week. It could go either way. And there's lots, like you mentioned, lots of different factors to determine that, but based on the storylines outside of the contract negotiations, just based on the stories that we've seen over the past few weeks. It's been since the anniversary, actually, it's been yeah. a while, um, it's, they're all so on par to each other that it could it could go anyway either way and
0: yeah.
2: no matter no matter who wins it I think it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic because all these teams they're they're producing some of their best work right now.
1: Which what'll be interesting too and and it, it feels like you know okay so we had at Victory Road Josh Alexander pick up a win this mm-hmm. week's impacts we have Motor City Machine Guns pick up a win. Next week, uh, you have Doc Gallows against Madman Fulton. So a third tag team is going to have a win represented in the buildup. And we'll be interested to see if they don't get all four of them a win before uh, Bound for Glory comes up. And that would be pretty interesting. Uh, And, you know, you would call that traditionally 50-50 booking, but, of course, it's more like 25 25 25 booking if you're doing the math there. (laughs) Uh, I took a math test today. You know, I passed it. I aced it, in fact. Um, but, oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of, uh, you know, we're starting to see this card shape up. We have all of our championship matches now booked for it. Um, I'm getting excited for Bound for Glory. Um, you know, we, we might have to watch it together. It's a pretty big event. Um,
2: oh, you know,
1: that'd be fun. know, I have to, you know, Dan, uh, Dan Coffin, uh, is said that he wants to watch it. Jeremy will probably be interested in watching it. We'll have to see. You know, oh. of, we'll we'll make sure that we keep the group small. Watch party. Um. And but yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely down for for a watch party for that. Uh, for the listeners, definitely. Uh, you can pre-order. Uh, Bound for Glory now on the Fight TV app. You don't have to wait until day of, minute of. Uh, you know, we signal boosted. Uh, Gail had had tweeted about that, so I want to make sure, especially since she did us a salad, that you know, I'm, we're making sure that. You know, definitely, you know, get ready to purchase uh Bound for Glory. It's up on Fight TV right now. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the price is. Do you know what the price is, uh, Sandy? No idea. I think it's forty. I think slam is forty. Um yeah, forty bucks. I mean, most most wrestling pay per views, uh, you know, you're like fifty, sixty bucks. Impact you get a forty dollar one here. Um I definitely it's gonna be worth your money. Definitely, you know, pre-order it if you can um and you know you get you, when you buy it on the fight you know tv you get credit towards the fight app to get other pay-per-views later on stack them up that way um but yeah i'm excited great week of impact wrestling we got another week next week of impact wrestling yeah you know, but we might mix it up with some video game stuff uh, you know so let us know what you want to hear um uh-huh. Uh, we're still waiting for suggestions. If anyone, anyone at all, has a suggestion on a video game topic to enter into the giveaway that Dan was so gracious to put together for us, uh, definitely send it over to 8 at gmail.com. Tweet it at us, at ApexSuplex on Twitter, or reach out to us personally. Uh, Sandy, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, you know run through uh, your plugs, your sign offs, anything else you want to add?
2: I want to plug Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. And Jay Lethal's Academy in Tampa Bay. We're located actually in Pinellas Park. If you're in the area, like I mentioned earlier, and you want to chase your your dreams, there's no better place to do it in this area than with Jay Lethal. Um, Also, check out Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Our shows are on the Fight TV app as well. They're available for free. You can watch my two matches. Uh, which I'm very proud of with recently signed talent, Brandy Lawrence. She was recently signed to NXT. I'm so happy and yep. excited for her. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sailor Zelda, as in Sailor Moon and, uh, the Legend of Zelda, because I love them both so much. And on Instagram at Sandy Gaviria, G-A-V-I-R-I-A. That is my Instagram. Follow me on there. And of course, you can follow the 8-bit social, 8-bit, <laughs> 8-bit suplex podcast on twitter oh my gosh how did i mess that one up
1: <laughs> that's okay it's it's you know it's been a long week it's been a busy week uh you know oh, definitely powerful. do that um and then yo know, uh of course we do have a friend of the show uh that did pick up a uh 8 suplex t-shirt uh so thank you to carson for that um right Our there's a ra- the right name okay good i got the yes. name right <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> When you have kids and you're a dad, names, first names just don't exist anymore. You just forget them all the time. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been called the, the name of the dead dog uh, just because that's just where my dad's at. Um, it, I, I get it. As a dad now, I get it. <laughs> but definitely head on over to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Uh, make sure you pick yep. up your favorite Social Suplex Podcast Network t-shirts, uh, whether that be ours, whether that be – keeping it strong style, the ace of podcast, uh, one nation radio, Ricky and Clive. And of course the social suplex, uh, podcast network shirt, which is pretty cool. Make sure you check out all of the shows across your podcast apps, uh, including ours. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate five stars, leave a review, uh, check out all things elite. We have the grave consequences podcast. Grown men watch this shit has made its return. Keep it strong style. As I mentioned, one nation radio, Ricky and Clive, um, uh, and then, of course, uh, the Great Match Generator that Danny is doing as well through our uh, podcast network feed. Uh, check out all those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, I, there's more, You're I know. everywhere. Everywhere okay. you get your podcasts, we're there. Um, and, and really, like I said, yeah, rate all of our shows five stars because we've earned it. We put in the work. Uh, we have Hell a lot yeah. of fun doing we're
2: this. are to entertain you.
1: And honestly, I think, uh, we entertain ourselves too. We have a lot, we, I, I have a lot of fun doing this. I think I can speak for you, Sandy. You'd have a lot of fun doing this. Um, and you know, it's nice to, to know that, you know, more than just, uh, you know, like my mom is downloading this. So, you know, uh, (laughs) thank you guys for listening. Uh, I, that's pretty much all I got. Definitely check out, you know, Tampa Bay pro, like she said, uh, you know, Sandy, I might have to, you know, uh, limber up and, uh, kind of get in the ring, you know, maybe, maybe I got to, you know, maybe I got to show you some do moves, it. you know, maybe I got to come off the top rope, give me the old macho man <laughs> elbow. Maybe, Hey, listen, uh, I've been known to jump over things, uh, in a past life. Uh, I do kid. of course, you know, uh, Josh Smith, uh, going stuff, keeping it strong style is he's training at a rival school. So maybe you and Josh might have to, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit, you know, get in the ring, having some, uh, into wrestling.
2: Oh man. <laughs> It'll be the Social Suplex Host Battle of the Ages. Oh, I can't wait! I'll, I'm gonna whoop his ass.
1: Oh, but we're getting it, ahead of ourselves. We are. We are. <laughs> we are a little bit. He's not match ready yet, but you know I'll make sure he knows when he is match ready. He's got his match lined up with Ooh. you, Sandy, Uh Leonardo De Los Santos, <laughs> ready, to, ready to punch him in the face. So, anywho, uh, yeah. For, for Sandy, for myself, thank you again. We'll see you all next week. Thank <laughs> you.